Hello, friends. This is famous Hollywood actor, insert name. You're listening to Side 2 of TMI by Tony Mitchell, Books on Tape. Chapter 7, entitled Manifesting and Creating a Sacred Space. Tony sat in his office Tuesday morning, thinking about the podcast he had to record that day. And thinking about all the things he had to say about manifesting, meditation, and creating a sacred space. When all of a sudden, there come a knock at the door. Ah, fuck me, Tony says. The goddamn energy efficiency contractors are here a day early. As he's walking to the door, suddenly, the alarm on his phone goes off. It was time to record the podcast. So Tony races over to the door. Tells the contractor what's what, shuts the door, takes out his phone, opens the recording app, sends an invite to Michelle, and hits record. Hi. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I um, Mass Save is here. Well, so Mass Save came and they were supposed to come Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but for some reason they're here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and so there might be some noise. But um, that's badass. Listen, like so, when does New Hampshire Saves come knocking on my door? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, not that I have a multi-unit, but like I'm like, hey. I love that, you nope. know, and good for them because Massachusetts is all about like, it's like the energy efficient stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure like your windows are sealed, that everything's in tip top so you don't have problems down the line. That's one of the well, favorite they, things. Like people would tell me about Mass Save, like, oh yeah, they give you all new light bulbs for everything in your house to get a new light bulb. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. Like, yeah. but it's also like 15 bucks. And uh, that, you know what I mean? That the yeah. savings. But then they come over and they're like, yeah, we're going to drill holes in the outside of your house and fill it with brand new insulation. Oh, my God. That's that's literally what they're doing right now. That's Uh, insane, T. That's a that's a hefty price. I mean, a hefty job and a hefty cost. Yeah, right. For like nothing. So. Wow. Good for you guys. And your home is so dope. Like my favorite part is the basement with the trees that they have for holding the beams up. Like you have trees that are your beams in your house. It blows my mind that my house was built before the Emancipation Proclamation. I know. Like, hey, let's get into that for a moment. Just because I think it's cool to like explain like a little bit of like kind of like as we're doing our podcast, really just who we are. We're what you know, you don't I don't necessarily want you to be like, hey, this is my address. Come on over. But right. you know, explaining a little bit of like how unique and crazy your property is. Yeah, sure. So it was built in 1810 and was a sawmill because there was a creek that ran next to my house and that, and that's wetland back there now, but it was dammed a little further up. So it's not like the big, it was like a big Creek. So what they did back in the 1800s was they brought the trees 
that were cut down and they put them into one side of our basement where you can see they used to have these big, huge barn doors and would cut them and then push them out the other side of the basement, load them up onto these rafts and send them down the creek. And then they would get shipped out to what I imagine was just developing at that time it's probably like the old houses that are post 1810 in this area a lot of the wood was probably cut here and then it was converted into a factory after that i forget what kind of factory when when people ask i say a hat factory because it was something as forgettable as hat <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was some kind of factory and then family bought it and uh, lived here for a long time and then a second family bought it that lived here for a long time and they converted it to a three unit and then we're the third owners of it as a house could you uh, imagine what that looked like as one house yeah that must have been yeah, pretty funky flipping huge and like no not cohesive at all right yeah there's a lot of, like funky cool stuff yeah. texture so, your house is so awesome and the fact that it's like where it is in its location and then like when you drive down you're like really absurdly long for the area driveway <laughs> into like what i call like a portal <laughs> like, yeah you're like driving to the driveway and you go through the, like that little grove of trees and then it's like hey welcome we don't know where we are but we're here because you know, you're like, so close to the center of town, and yeah, it's bizarre. You're, like, you're basically in conservation land once you get like yeah, hundred percent. You look like you're in the woods, like right. or, like you look like where I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Work. Yeah, such a cool property. That's awesome. All right, homie. So we're talking about manifestation, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> here we go. I guess this is going to be some level of definition, and and I guess. We have to get into that a little bit. It's subjective. You know, it's not subjective. The law of attraction is not subjective. But the definition, the understanding of it, I guess, is subjective. So, all right. Why don't you define manifestation? Since I think this is like one of your things on your website already that you have pretty much worked on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, gosh, as far as defining it in, in yeah, like metaphysical, <laughs> it's, it's really so... We're giving the metaphysical definition first off that, uh, that yeah, there, yeah, yeah. there's the regular definition, which is how something takes shape. But then in the metaphysical manifestation is the idea of bringing something to fruition or into existence through the power of, I don't want to say the mind and thought because emotion and, and all, all of the other stuff that we've talked about in this podcast that is a part of being human is behind that. But essentially it's with intent and will bringing something into fruition or into existence. Yes. I love that. I love, love, love the synopsis because with intent and will, because it's, that's really what I think any spiritual practice would, the foundation would be that, but and that's a real, probably a really good spa- starting point to Michelle. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, you're not interrupting. Your intent and and how powerful that is, is probably a really good starting point for manifestation because for anyone who's not familiar, it's it's a bold claim. For anyone who's coming into this with like only a vague 
uh, understanding of manifesting. It seems like a very bold claim to say that your intent and will can do something when if you have a better understanding of just how sacred and powerful our intent and our will is. Every religion talks about, or a lot of religion talks about free will. This is, listen up, this is what this is. Yeah, so (laughs) the fact that our, our will and intent changes things around us, primarily energetically, but we talked about in episode two, the discernment episode, M- Michelle, you were talking about the uh, double slit experiment and yeah, uh, observation changes yeah. the outcome on the molecular level, mm-hmm. right? And the molecular level, when we say energy, it's not just some catch-all term for anything you can't see. We're, it's, it's Energy is the molecular and sub-molecular level of the parts of things that make up us and make up our surroundings on the molecular Mm -hmm. level and intention has a very strong influential uh, influential factor of that i think one important thing to point out here is that this is a universal law so the law of attraction is working with or without our permission it isn't just the secret most of the people hear law of attraction right and they're like oh the secret if i just focus my attention here and i want a porsche i want a porsche i want to win the lottery i want this if you just if i focus i'm going to manifest that and it's deeper than that it's where are our thoughts where are our emotions what's the story we're explaining our lives as how are we living within the flow of what we want rather than the lack of what we have and it's not about just desiring and attaining. It's about becoming the vibration that you are wishing to get with whatever it is you're trying to attain. So let me break that up for a minute. Really what we're looking for through the law of attraction or anytime we're desiring anything is a better feeling. We're looking for, we think if we have more money, we'll be feeling better and have more freedom. We think if we have a better job, we'll be respected more and make more money. We think if we have a better car, then it's always a getting into this other space when really we're just looking to feel better than where we are right now. So if we can focus on the feeling of whatever it is we're trying to look at, look, it's say, say it's freedom. We're looking to feel freer in our lives. Then you need to account and look for all the ways that you are already free in your life rather than feeling like I'm not free in my life because with or without your permission, all you're doing, because that's the vibration you're holding, that's the molecular stuff we're talking about is saying this, this is, I'm sitting in the lack of this. So all you're going to see is your reality showing you lack constantly. So the manifestation that we're talking about is actually using that power of intent. Energy flows where intent goes. So using that power of intent to focus on the feelings we're holding, the thoughts we're allowing in our, in our awareness, the people and energy and where are you throwing your energy at? Are you throwing it at the drama between so-and-so? Are you throwing it at things that are out of your control? If you can take back those things and start focusing where your energy is going, you are going to hyperspeed the law of attraction, which is already working. Most likely, if you're not aware of where you're putting your attention, you know, it's not working in your favor. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's right. working against you, but it's working nonetheless. Yes. Like, and, and case in point, if you've ever known anyone who really seems like they're stuck in a rut or maybe you yourself have been or, or are that person where, you know, 
anytime someone says, how you doing? Well, I threw my back out again. Uh, you know, there's a lean on my car and, and, you know, it, there's just a laundry list of things going wrong. That's the law of attraction working that just without control or intention <laughs> over it, where this yeah. feeling of lack and things going wrong, what you put out, you get back. That's yeah, because the universe isn't like, hey, dude, that's a sucky thing. You don't really want that. What you're saying is this. It's, it's reading, feeling and responding based on where you're where you are at. Right. So most people putting the horse before the cart there, you'll hear me talk about the mirror. This is what at, at my retreats. I give out a mirror so people can look at themselves and, and know that you are waiting for the reflection to change before you feel better. And the same thing is in manifestation. We're waiting for the reflection to change and then things to just come to us. We have to be the change for the things to come to us. It's called inertia. It's movement. The law of attraction needs movement. You don't like where you're at. You don't like where you're vibrating at. You have to be the one to change that. That movement. This is case in point. I love that you said that earlier. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm at a judge. Like, case in point. Um, <laughs> why we need a manifestation episode. It's so misguided and it's so like Hollywood, like the secret. Yeah, that was bomb. Why? Because it brought some really ancient, powerful knowledge to the masses, but it used it for like women and cars and status and fame and mm -hmm. it's like no 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 so if we can like go a little bit beyond what that is and not just focus your thoughts focus your your wants your intents get a vision board that's one of my favorite things is a vision board create a vision board of what you want sit there put it on your wall if you don't want a big one make a smaller one that's in a journal and focus on those pages and what it's going to feel like when you attain those certain things it can be somebody smiling or maybe you see a picture of a couple dancing and it, it makes you feel like that's what you're looking for and that feeling that you get when you look at that picture you focus on the feeling not two people dancing you're focusing on the feeling of that so if you can get your intent, your feeling, and your energy back to all the places where it's maybe being misdirected, you will be truly like the sun. It will be like plugging a guitar into an amplifier. So like, T, how do we explain how all of that, how we get from intent, using our intent, to really harnessing the law of attraction and the power that it holds? That feels like the Empire State Building in height when I say that. So, like, what's the go-to? What's the first thing? The intent, the definition of that, you know, the absolute. Yeah. And absolute. then I think we should drive. Uh, we've, I know we've kind of said this, but I want to drive the point home. Yeah, that, because it's tricky. It's a, it's a gotcha where, where you're manifesting generally because you want something in your life. However, if that's how you phrase it, I want mm -hmm. this in my life, you're going to get more want. You're yeah. gonna, if you're like, it would be really nice if I have more money, you're going to get more, it would be nice. So like you said, you're surrounding yourself in the feeling as though you already have it. Yes. It's, it's a really, that's really like a, a, the crux of this. That's how that works. And so. Well, like a way to do that is positive affirmations and people are like, cut the shit. And I'm like, I know, seriously, but that's a really good way because yes. just like we're talking about molecular and getting into how our intent really changes things, doing mantras, doing self-affirmations, those things, you're like neurohacking. All you're doing is releasing neuropeptides, which are going to create neuropathways, which are going to create these beliefs, which by default, once they become a belief, once you start believing them, which you're not going to believe them at first. 
but you will over time, like 21 days, 30 days of this, this starts becoming something that you naturally start saying to yourself. And before you know it, something you didn't believe you were deserving of before, you absolutely feel like you're deserving of now. So here's a tip. And I feel like this is important to get out there. So I'm going to bring it down for a minute just so everyone can, because I know our, especially my energy is like, bing, 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 it's like all over the place. So calm it for a minute and one exercise that you can do for yourself is everybody has a voice recording on their phone. I want you to spend 10 minutes writing down some affirmations and I'll give some sample ones in a moment, but some affirmations, some beliefs you're trying to develop, some uh, mantras you can say. And I want you to record yourself very slow like this in a very calm voice, repeating those. Say each one three times and then save that recording. And every day, multiple times a day, you play that recording to yourself. There's something very powerful on listening and repeating those affirmations and mantras. But there's something even more important about hearing yourself say them. Because you're hearing yourself, therefore you're witnessing yourself, therefore you're doing like dual purpose and getting these new belief systems, which are then going to override some really unserving negative patterns that of course my dog marks so we're right on cue. <laughs> and play those things for yourself over and over again. Hear yourself over and over again and use that as a tool to replace the I want, the lack, the victimhood with some really self-serving and self-affirming and self-propelling belief systems. Mm -hmm. Let's use our intent to neurohack ourselves. That's a really amazing thing to do. And if you don't know what neurohacking is, Jason Silva has a great way of explaining what that is and how over the time period and what happens on a biological level. So definitely check him out to look up neurohacking and you'll find some information on that. But that's just a little tool for everybody. I think it's something that... If you could take away a tool on each episode that we give you and something that you're like, yes, I can use that, then I want to give that to you. And that's still something to this day that I use and say so much to my clientele, the people I love, the people I'm being of service to, because it is one of the most powerful tools that you can give yourself, but it's so simple. The hard thing is going to be listening to ourselves. Most people cannot stand listening to themselves, which is why I say you need to listen to it double. <laughs> yeah. And you know, a good tip for that to follow up with what you're talking about with writing your affirmations, if, if you're yes, struggling please. with that. So I had this problem early on where let's say I let's say the money, okay, the cake, cut the cake and ice cream. Uh, you're having financial problems, you want to manifest money, okay? So the problem I had in the beginning was I, was I understood the law of attraction and how manifesting worked. So my affirmation was, I have lots of money, right? And and that's good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's okay. It's yeah. okay. You know, it, it's that's not a good okay. affirmation. That's right. a good one. <laughs> However, if you want to really up your game, think yeah. about what are the effects of having lots of money that you're really looking for? Those right. side benefit that that money is going to provide you. And it starts to turn into, I have financial freedom and security and go, abundance. Go, go. Right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and now, now you have not only a, a richer, no pun intended, more depth <laughs> to your 
affirmation, but you're also leaving it open-ended to the universe for that financial freedom to come in multiple exactly. different ways, not necessarily in, in yes, in action, right? that's the biggest thing because manifestation is really like a three-part thing. It's the intent, desire, and feeling, right? The vibration, mm. but it's being open to the how and when it's not putting the expectation on those two things. Right. So right. it's really harnessing back those two things and keeping the intent and focus and knowing that it's coming. So- and that's a great point too, Michelle, because when I, in case anyone hasn't noticed, I used to try to manifest money a lot. And I still, <laughs> I think everybody does. <laughs> and I still, secret. that's what happened. <laughs> right. And I still do occasionally, but she doesn't desire more money. That's a fr- like, that's freedom. That's financial yes. freedom. So of course that's a normal thing. Like if you're like, oh, really the only thing is I need is, is more money is because yeah, because you're probably working like a fucking dog, getting very little recognition and you just want some rest, respite and financial freedom. You know right. what I'm saying? Yes. And, and so the first few times I did this, I uh, was like, I wonder how, how it's going to work. I wonder maybe the mailman's coming with the check. No. <laughs> Then I would be like, oh, man, um, I'm feeling like that stupid manifesting didn't work, but I don't want to manifest that. So I'm going to keep that out of my head. And then like three weeks would go by and I'd get some refund that my insurance didn't cover and they corrected it. And and uh, for payments, I didn't pay some totally unexpected check in the mail, like a a week after I forgot about all the effort I had put into manifesting. So the expectation on the time. Amen. And how it came to you. So like, here's one of the best affirmations that's on my recording. And one that I give is I am open to abundance in unexpected ways. Mm. Also, there's something around, we've all been conditioned with this. If you want anything, you have to work hard for it. And anything worth having is working hard for it. What do you think? Money grows on trees. And it's always been that lack. And so there's a, I am an abundance. I'm a magnet for money. Money comes to me in unexpected ways. Abundance flows to me. I am provided for it. The universe is abundant. I am worthy of abundance. Those are things because it's going to change the narrative of like, how many times did you hear that growing up? I heard that like, I... I feel like I heard that not only in my own household, but I feel like I heard that like through society in general or in school and with your friends of like, you need to work hard and you need to do this, which like, yeah, while that may be true. And I think that's a wonderful virtue. It really pigeonholes us into financial instability. Mm -hmm. So I think helping not just manifest, but allowing these affirmations, allowing these mantras to rewrite the dialect around your worthiness of abundance and money. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what we're all trying to manifest is abundance, money, health, you know what I mean? Those types of things. So we, we got to rewrite some scripts because manifesting isn't about just sitting there and holding your focus. It's important. And that is something that absolutely is part of it. But it's also having your vibration at such a state that you are just a magnet for all the things that you've been desiring anyway. Right. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, you're getting it all. You're getting the, adva- the advanced beginners. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an ever-changing fucking thing too because like sometimes I realize like you you will always uncover something that you are blocked to your own manifestations. Like that's a daily thing. And everyone's like, when's the end of that? Or they're like, when's the end of your spiritual growth? I'm like, that's called death. Right. So like, let's not rush it, everybody. You know? So like right. there isn't an end to this. 
I don't care where you are in your journey, beginning expert, you know, master teacher, world renowned, whatever. It's always something being uncovered that is a block to your own success, a detriment to your own wellness that you uncover as you go. So it's an ever blooming process. It's an ever flowing river that doesn't really necessarily have an end. It's just allowing the steps for the beginning to start. So the affirmations, the mantras, the hearing your own voice, you know, the understanding of intent, what free will is, those three steps of, you know, it's the desiring, the intent, the bringing, the focus, the vibrating at, at the level of um, abundance. And then there's the letting go of the timeline, letting go of the how. Because how many times what you were desiring, just like you said, like, you know, you got the check in the mail, how many times you were desiring something and it came packaged in a way that you never, ever, ever thought it would have. And until you let go of how you thought the packaging was supposed to look, how you thought the gift would come wrapped, you were a block into your own manifestation. It comes exactly when we let go the resistance of it. And that is like, oh, well, I don't feel like I have resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Energetically, we always have resistance. So it's really a constant um, reminder that it's all in universal time. Our timeline is fucking irrelevant. Right. Yeah, don't be uh, Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty when he's like, oh, show me a sign, and he passes the sign, and then a truck. Spite me, Almighty oh, Spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. I, that's like back, you know, I still do. I'm like, well, if that's true. <laughs> right. You know? And then I have to be like, Michelle, if Jesus came down himself and was like, gave you this, you still would question it. You're right. You know, so like, it's just that constant harnessing back in, constant harnessing back in. And um, that's the best way to get good at manifesting is it's, it's not to do a couple really, really well. It's to, to do it often. Right. Yes. Set aside mm-hmm. the time. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but yeah. uh, but actually use that time and really focus and put forth the effort into yeah. exercises we're explaining and regularity, doing it regularly. Yes, it will just like you brush your teeth, just like yeah. you, it's 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 getting into. Well, you hear people talk about rituals and processes and routines. This is what. Is being referred to. It's you make it a part of your everyday practice. It becomes part of your everyday life because this is more of like, I hate to sound cliche, but like a lifestyle change than it is, you know, this metaphysical force. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's happening. Like everyone's like, well, I don't really believe in manifestation. I was like, cool. Do you believe in gravity? Like, yeah. And I was like, well, what if you didn't believe in gravity? Does that mean you're going to fucking float away? No. You're going to sit on the earth just like the rest of us because the law of gravity doesn't give a shit if you conceptually understand it or you're practicing it. It's working with or without your consent. When we talk about universal laws, that's what we're talking about. Like the law of cause and effect. You know, the karmic law. Like that's happening with or without your flipping permission. Yeah. So the law of attraction just happens to be one of the ones that we can use and harness and and really help direct our life. Because you'll hear Esther Hicks talk about the vortex talks about you're spinning in this vortex of lack and really you're just trying to make the jump to the vortex of abundance and that jump is this focus this intent this this 
this like, oh, wait, I'm in this lack. I'm sitting in a state of lack. What do I do? I start reminding myself I'm not in lack. How many things were provided for? Yeah, there's always going to be stuff that can be better. But, there, you know, everybody gave me a million reasons why I shouldn't move up to New Hampshire. And I finally started saying to people, great, thank you for all the reasons why you think this is going to fail. But can you give me one reason on it going right? We are hardwired for all the negative shit. So I'm going to propose that we ask ourselves that question. We're going to say all the reasons why it's not going to go right, why it's going to go wrong. I am urging everyone to have their go-to right reason so they can harness and focus on that to remind themselves that they are the captains of this ship. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like one of the ways I think about what you were just saying is... You know me, I'm, I'm very visual, especially with the Akashic and, and some of that bird's eye perspective stuff. So when it comes to manifesting, what I visually see is the flow of energy in the universe, which is like a river, right? Or a network of rivers. And one way to look at manifesting is you're trying to carve an offshoot. So the flow of abundance of something is flowing more directly through your energy frequency. And so that's water doesn't flow down. Sometimes it flows down a new path from one person's single attempt at putting forth their will, but more often it's through attrition, through it being worn away through repetitive actions, right? So the same rule applies that this is a universal law. So like you were talking about with going to New Hampshire, you were getting this negative thing repeated and you're like man i gotta put a stop to this how about something positive so that you're drawing the right energy through your life and your family's life around in that case your move right versus all uh, the people harping on the negativity and giving the validation there allowing that river to to get carved in, in through your life if that I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so it totally makes sense. So I know exactly what you're saying. And yes, it's that like, there's two ways that that stream of, you know, that's just like a stream of consciousness or a life stream, if you will. I love how you're talking about the erosion of it, right? The erosion, how it's carved over repetitive patterns, you know, like the Grand Canyon and things like that. But there's also a part of us where there's fresh, fractured aspects of ourselves that need to come back into that river and that flow. So part of us are trying to bring in different flows and part of us are trying to get back into the flow. Mm -hmm. So the stream analogy is really powerful. So there is also, I wanted to talk about setting up the safe space that I was thinking about. Was it okay to just jump into that? Yeah, I, I like that idea because there they're spiritually linked the two topics yeah. yeah i think so too because i think there's a lot of that fractured aspect selves a lot of the parts of ourselves that don't feel worthy and so bringing in that feeling of worthiness you know like you were saying over repetitive patterns carving that rock that we can bring these parts of ourselves or at least when we're you know go into our psyche and feel safe in that safe space mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different, you know, you, you can go and find this. This is not my process. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want anybody to think this is like, oh my God, I'm not claiming to. This is the process that I use over the years that I've learned from many different teachers and then my own practice. So please right. make this your own. 
do with it what you will. I just think that it's imperative for everybody to have a safe space within their own psyche, within their meditative practice and within their prayer practice so they can feel safe because we are all living our timeline all at once, our past, present and future selves all at once, because there's a part of you that will recall this conversation. That's your future self listening to this. And there's a part of you that's going to resonate. That is your past self listening to this. But if you think of yourself as that multidimensional being and are so many aspects of ourselves being in what that means, we're having a safe space is like it, it's a place where all of those parts can exist. Nothing needs to make sense. It's all valid and relevant. And giving yourself permission to not have to understand why you think, feel, or experiencing things that are going on is really freeing and allows you to free yourself of chains, narratives, storylines, things that are no longer serving you, traumas, hurts, fears. So, all right, I'm going to ask that everyone just kind of chills, take a deep breath through the nose and then out through the mouth. And I'm going to go over the things that we're going to need in our safe space. And it's just things that create the ambience and the atmosphere that we're looking for. And the first thing is a mode to get to the safe space. And so this could be an elevator. This could be a blink of an eye. It could be just a thought, just however you, and you're the only one that can access it. So you want a mode of transportation, if you will, to this, this safe space. And the second thing, and we're going to go over it, but I just want to give a little synopsis. So the second thing is, how do you get into this space? This is locked. This is sealed. This is, it, it is not, it's a fortress. Nobody can get in it but you. Is there a code? Is there a key? Is there a thought process? Is there a series of words you have to say? I want you to picture what that is. I want you to picture what the, the entry looks like. Is it a door? Is it a portal? Is it a, you know, rainbow? Is it a waterfall? What is it that you need to go through in order to get into said safe space? So, you know, a doorway or whatever that is, and then how it's unlocked. Okay. So that's the second thing. And then within this space, this space is going to be whatever. It does not need to be of this world. It can be of a different world. It can be in your imagination. It can be an actual place that you want to go or have been or a mix up of every part. And it can change. You can change it at any time. Think of it like a dollhouse that you can rearrange the furniture anytime you want. So for all intents and purposes and just to create the space, that's what you're looking to do. You're creating a landscape. You're creating a the picture, if you will, the visualization of what that looks like. And then within this landscape, you're going to want a body of water. You're going to want a fun thing to do, something that's awesome, something that, you know, really makes you smile, makes you happy. So you want something that's a fun thing to do. You want a place of rest, a place that you can feel cozy and safe and snuggled and just like picture like the most comfortable you've ever been times a million. So you need a space where you can rest. And then you also within this space can have a safe person. 
This can be a person that is living or dead. This can be a person that is famous. This can be, doesn't need to be a person. This can be an inanimate object. This can be an angel or a movie character, just something, a guardian, if you will, that will be there to greet you and be there to keep the the space safe when you are not there. So a guardian figure. So those are the basic components that I use when creating safe spaces. Is there anything that you have to add to that, Tony? And we'll go through that. You know what I mean? Like, we're not done. You know what I'm saying? But I just want to know, is there anything that you have to add that you put into your space that I haven't mentioned or something that you feel guided to share? No, that you you really nailed, like, the essentials. There's an importance... And you did say this, but with me, with like only what I allow in there is will ever be allowed in there and nothing else will be. And therefore, like that is not something that needs to be worried about once the space is created. Like that that was like really important to me. Fucking Uh, dope. That's so important because that's you can be your own guardian. Yep. You know what I mean? And you can feel safe being your own guardian. So thank you for bringing that up because it's very important to know that your guardian can be yourself and it can change too. You can say like, I don't need you here. So I was doing the completion process, which is a process by Teal Swan. We had during our class and our training, one of the women that I was training with was going through the process and she named her safe space to be Yoda and I excuse me safe person to be Yoda and I just thought that that was you know really really awesome I've also had people have their safe space person and guardian be Cheech and Chong so like it could go like you know any which way and so for you to bring up the I'm my own guardian like oh okay boom (laughs) fucking mic drop you know (laughs) So like, yeah, you're like, I don't know. I think this is maybe important to share. Oh, yeah, maybe just a little. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's dawning on me just how much that is a theme in my my space. If I can say for a second that. Of course, please do. Like the comfortable place to rest and relax is this really regal, like a king or a czar, like a bunch of red pillows under a tent in a sunny meadow. That would be like for royalty. <laughs> And and uh, as you're drawing attention to the uh, being your own guardian thing, there, I'm I'm realizing the um, that that's a theme in my because that's what it's supposed to be. And in, in my mind, like, and with my experiences in life and my traumas, like, this is my space. Yes, right? amen, hundred so, percent. And I love that you're taking ownership and dominance over that. And there, and that's an ultimate goal. I have my safe person is my brother-in-law, Josh, and he will always be there like no matter what. And I, and even though my space, I also don't feel like needs guarding. I love that he's there to greet me Mm. a greeter or a guardian, either one. And they can be one in the same. I always feel welcomed even when I can't welcome myself, which I find that I always go into you know, my biggest triggers will bring up my core imprint belief, which is I'm not worthy. It will bring up, I'm not good enough. So when I'm feeling those ways and I know I'm just being bled all over the wound that was given to me, I love knowing that I can go into that space 
And that motherfucker is in agreement because he could put a smile on my face like like DJ can put a smile on my face. And I know yeah. not many people, some people who know me will know what that means, but the people who don't know me, that's, you know, that's insane because my husband can make me like, <laughs> how funny is DJ, Tony? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> right. it's stupid. Yeah. So I can't. So like, that's a, I love that feeling that, that I just explained that like giddiness, like that's what I love coming into. So mm -hmm. there may be a time where you're at that entry of your sacred space and you're like, you know what? I don't fucking want anybody in there. And then maybe it's a time you want to bring everybody in. You want to have a party. Like it's your space. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like, it's free flowing and it's ever changing and it's just such an amazing thing. So, okay. I think this is really good, Michelle, because one of the things I worry about when helping people with this stuff is that they start making their own and they go, Oh, then they listen again and go, Oh, I did it wrong. Um, I don't have a body of water. I have a kiddie pool. Shit. Yeah. I'm going to have to remake the yeah, whole no, thing. That's awesome. I and like, you have a solo cup. You, have a, like, you remember those old cups, the Dixie cups? Yeah. You remember? I don't care like the old water cooler Dixie right? cup. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, whatever your, however it, it manifests. Yeah. And you may walk right. in and be like, oh man, this looks totally different than it did last time. Like that's dope. Go yeah. with that. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Cause that means it's interacting with you and that's great. So let's go a little bit deeper and we'll, Tony, you and I will just give the examples of kind of what ours are mm. just to give you an idea. And we can, anybody who's struggling with creating their space, you may not have a visual space. You may not be visual. Some people don't have an inner voice. They have an inner feeling. Some people don't have an inner chatter they have an inner seeing so like there's different ways that this may present itself to you for all intents and purposes i'm going to go mostly into the visual but if there's for some reason you're having a hard time creating the space in the way that it's we're gonna just direct this podcast let me know let us know we can totally help you through it in a more unique manner so I just want to put that out there. Yeah. All right. So the mode of transportation. So mine's uh, Valcor. <laughs> Does anybody know what that is? Do you know what that is? The never ending story. Oh, thank God. I was like, yeah. oh my God, how old am I? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, age alert. I'm 42. Holy Did you know that was my God. favorite movie as a kid? And um, I was my... terrified of the ending scene, the wolf scene. Now that I right. know what that was. Yeah. Dude, what the hell? It has a whole other meaning now. As a, But yeah, I was so enamored by that when I was a kid. That's awesome. So yeah, so I'm like, wow, that's my mode of transportation. And it is like a whistle. You know how some people can like go, but they do it wicked loud with their yeah. fingers? That's yes. my call. Okay. So like, that's my mode of transportation. What is your mode of transportation? So let me clarify for a second. Do you mean getting to your space yes. or when you're in your space? No, getting to the space, getting from where you are, no matter where you are, whether you're meditating, whether you're in a panic attack, whether you're in your own self-pity, whether you're at the doctor's office and you're fucking losing your shit and you're trying to calm down. So you're going into a safe space. Are you shitting me? Like for me, I need to feel good. So I'm like, oh, of course, who can feel bad when that motherfucker is coming to get you? Right. Right. So like, so, that's what I'm talking about to get to the actual space. And sometimes it's just, it's nothing. People are like, well, I don't need it. I just get there. That's also true. a mode of transportation. Mine is very, very different from yours. So of course it is. Uh, Mayor twins. So like, why don't you tell me what yours is? This is going to sound really weird. Okay. 
so, yeah, sure, that's going to sound really weird to the person who talks to dead people all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's going to sound wicked fucking yeah. Tell me. <laughs> so I, 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 I close my eyes and I open my third eye and I'm in black, like the vastness of space. I snap my fingers. I turn around. There's a staircase with the red velvet on it. I go up the staircase. There's a long hallway of rooms. And mine's the second on the left. And I open there. I step down. There's like a one-foot drop. And I'm in this beautiful field of yellow flowers with my all my stuff there. So you just basically give your synopsis of yours. So maybe I should just give a synopsis of mine. And before I do that, you said this is going to be so weird, so different than yours. I, that isn't weird at all. I think that was actually very poetic, the way that you get there. Thank and you. how it has appeared and the way that you get there. So think you're sharing a completely different pers- perspective, and a, not perspective, excuse me, procedure on how mm-hmm. you get there, but it's all the same. Like you're, you're right. what I'm, saying mode of transportation it doesn't need to be a car doesn't need to be you know what i'm saying so you're giving the mode of transportation through your process so Mm -hmm. i think it's really powerful i love that you're sharing all of this aspect of how you get there and like i said your things are going to change i don't know i don't think yours has always been like that has no yeah no it's evolved because this is okay so you're showing a very cool outcome of what this will look like versus like here we go into let's create this to i've been visiting this space for the better part of a decade you see what i'm saying right so like so powerful so the mode of transportation the second thing what you just just explained was the the stairways the long hallway the second door on the left like as you say on the left yeah, I did. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not <laughs> messing your 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 process up. Nope. So um, for you, it sounds like when you go through your third eye, that's the actual unlocking as well. So um, that is, you know, part two is like the doorway and then the unlocking. And like, I want people to really focus on like, say it's a key. I want you to focus on what what's the key made out of. How heavy is it? Is it a big key? Is it one of those old skeleton keys? Or does it look like a car key? You know, what does that look like? Is it a thumbprint? Is it a code? Is it just your presence and you're there? Like, what is that? And I want you to focus on the visual, visualize it. Feel it. For me, it was green grass, right? It was like the carpet of it. And it has been ever changing. I'm just giving what mine was when I first started this. So it was like a green carpet of grass and walking and it was lush and it was so inviting. And then I got to this almost looked like a hobbit door. Like it was the shape of a hobbit door, but they were like eight feet tall, huge. And they had these ginormous black circular handles to get in and it was me touching the handles that actually just opened the doors effortlessly you would think these doors were like nine million pounds you know they were huge and then you walk in and you were in the middle of a redwood and sequoia grove of trees and they're almost like these army this army of protection around me and in the middle is this this circle it's just a perfect circle of cleared space and it's got pastures and animals and and beautiful running water and like pools to like lay in that cascade down they have waterfalls and just these amazing pools and it has it has a movie theater and a candy bar and a sunday bar and it's got these ginormous bean bags and feather beds and places you just chill and it has this amazing blanket and it's 
it's just incredible. It's just this amazing space of unbelievable wonder. And, and my favorite place is that on one of the biggest redwoods, the tallest redwoods, is a huge swing. But the swing is like almost looks like a nest, like a papasan chair. You know those things? It's like it looks like a nest. And right. it's like furs and beautiful, like a fake furs. Okay, everybody, I'm not slaughtering shit, but you know what I mean? Like really luxurious fabrics and pillows. And I just sit in that and I can feel the sunlight. And as I'm moving on that swing, I can see the dappling of the sunlight as we go through uh, under the canopy of the branches and the body of water just this, to go and sit in these pools. I can walk into these pools and they're not, some of them aren't even, they don't even look like water. Some of them have gold liquid in them and it's a place of submersion. So I can walk into those places and I can baptize myself of all of the things that I'm bringing that are no longer serving me, a place to cleanse everything that is beyond me. It's almost like the movie Cocoon and probably again, dating myself where they would like turn into their light bodies. It's a place of activation of rest, of rejuvenation. And so that's what I use mine for. I used to go there because I, you know, little Michelle needed me now. And so I'd have to go in there and be like, I have to save myself, you know, now there's like a million different versions of me that I have saved over all of the processes of my self work and my inner children, you know, child work and my, all of my trauma and going in and being the person that fucking had to like save myself or being the adult that needed to be the adult to the adults in my life, then, you know, those versions of myself are there, but also the versions of the parts of me that I've, I've succeeded and excelled. And there's just, it's a place of like complete wholeness. That's what the purpose of this is, is a place of wholeness, Mm -hmm. not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's, it's a place of all is welcome even those dark parts of yourself that you don't want to look at, that maybe you're pretending aren't there, that have, you know, driven the bus quite a few fucking times. Those shadows are also welcome there. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And if the idea of water gives you unbelievable anxiety, but but flames that are comfortable and don't burn you is better for you, then do that. Hell yeah. So the idea is it's, I keep thinking of this. I call my bedroom the beach house because (laughs) we don't bring anything. When you're in your bedroom, you got nothing to worry about. You're on vacation. You can't bring worries into your bedroom. Like that's my life philosophy. So I call it the beach house because it's a place where any bullshit is on pause and we don't have to worry about that while we're while we're there going to sleep and same sort of principle i feel should apply here there should be nothing that's an anxiety inducing and so however it is that you create that when you've got that that's the that's your place right yeah. mm-hmm.